Hello. Hi, Melissa. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Charles? I'm very well, thanks. Great. great. Awesome. Well, of course, it's, 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 it's great to have you back on, well, to have you on my show now. You. you had me on your show um, a couple of weeks ago, and I enjoyed it very much. And so I, I said I was going to invite you to Christian Talk Radio Podcast. And uh, that's where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Thank you. Uh, you're very welcome. So tonight I have a special guest with me. Uh, his name is Charles Mikowski. And I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. And if I'm not, I do apologize. Moskowitz. Okay. I'm sorry. And uh, he, he, is, he has written, he's an author. And he's also a radio host of his own uh, show. And uh, he is going to be on here tonight with me. And we're going to talk about his book. He's written several books. uh, But the latest one, I think the one he's going to be talking about tonight is his latest Mm book. He's going to tell us uh, the name of the book and give us some um, information about himself and about his new book. And I'm going to uh, leave the, leave it open to him uh, for him to talk with, with every way he wants to tell us about his book. If you don't mind, uh, go ahead on Charles and talk to us about your book and about what you're doing. Well, thank you, Melisha, for having me on. Uh, my book is called God is God. God is the creator and lawgiver. And um, I wrote this book. Uh, this is a, a, a bit different than my usual books because my usual books are political books, and, uh, cultural issues. This is the first book I've written about God, about a religious issue. And uh, the experience is uh, very powerful for me, and it's resulted in my. Um, unexpectedly resulted in my having a better sense of knowing God in my own personal life, and I hope that others who uh, who read the book might might go on that journey as well. Awesome, uh, that is awesome. You know, it is so in today's world, it is it's it's, it's almost strange to hear uh, people talk about God and who God is because. He is the creator of the heaven and earth. We both know that being uh, a Christian myself, I don't doubt or even think about doubting who God is because I know who he is. And I, I, I when you wrote the book, God is God, what, what did you have in mind for people to want to know about uh, God? Well, I, I approached the book from my own perspective, which is a secular Jewish perspective. That's my background. And yet I've always believed in God. And I've always felt that knowing God is the very basic principle of being a Jew and that that's my mission in the world as a, as a human being and as a Jew, which is to witness to God and to uh, witness to all people that there is a God. But uh, when I started to look into it, I looked into it very scientifically. It's, uh, it's you know, can you prove that there is a God? And um, I, I developed a formula in the first couple of chapters of the book, which I would suggest do prove that there is a God using uh, scientific data. Um, it's actually fairly easy to the 
you know, it, it's based on the pro scientific principle that you cannot have something created out of nothing. You know, it's a mathematical principle. You know, you have zero, which is which means nothingness, and then you have numbers, both positive and negative, which means something. So it, it, that's an abstract expression. And so that brings up the question, if there is something, then at some point that something had to be created. It just doesn't exist forever. That would be scientifically faulty. So if you are to assume that something had to create everything, then there is no other way around knowing that that something is God. You know, it just didn't, you cannot get something out of nothing. Two nothings don't make a something. Only some, you know, and the only way to make something out of nothing, because that would be impossible, is for there to be a, divi a divine event. And that divine event was when God created something out of nothing. And he created the universe and he created, and then I think that the Bible, at least metaphorically, and I believe it, uh, created and separated all of the elements of the universe. He separated the sky from the earth. He separated the water from the land. He then created life. And then eventually he created mankind, men and women. And the Bible does say men and women. He created in his image. And if you think about it logically, it makes perfect sense. You know, you, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you open your eyes, it's obviously a miracle. This isn't just something that happened out of nothing. We're not just a bag of bones and, and living matter. What is it that makes us come alive? What is it brings that, that brings an animal alive? I mean, there has to science is perfectly consistent with this idea that there is a divine aspect to existence and also a divine specific aspect to life and more specifically human life. So why is man then created in the image of God as opposed to all of the other living things on the earth? And the reason is because we can perceive reality. We, we, we understand um, the nature of the world. We have reason. We have the ability of logic. Whereas animals are emotional beings that, that uh, essentially are instinctive and that they react, but they don't perceive, they cannot think. They cannot interact in a way with other animals that is intellectual. It's all very emotional, which is great. I mean, that's part of being an animal. But we are able to understand nature. We can, we can study nature. In other words, that's what makes us in the image of God. So we are both animal, but we also have a, a spiritual side, which is that aspect that makes us in the image. But at the same time, I came to realize, and this is, again, the biblically, where I get into a, a biblical analogy, that we are not perfect, that only God is perfect, and that right. is, you know, only can know a part of nature. We can't know everything. Only God knows everything. And when in the Garden of Eden, Eve and then Adam attempted to know all things by partaking of the forbidden fruit, they then tried to replace God with themselves. They were saying, we can know all good and evil. They were tempted by the siren song of, of the serpent, which is represented by Satan. And, um, and when they did that, God banished them from the Garden of Eden. And ever since, ever since then, in every generation, there have been people who have tried to overthrow God in heaven. They've used lies and deception to do that. 
by claiming to know all things, by claiming to perfect the universe and perfect the world. And that's impossible because the world is imperfect because God is only, only God is perfect. We are imperfect beings. And so I get into that aspect of our nature, this, this idea, this arrogant aspect that we can be like God. And it's a very humbling experience to think about that because, you know, we, we need to be humble and, and compassionate with each other and humble before God because we are imperfect beings and we only have a very short span of life on this earth. And there is a purpose to that life. To know that purpose is to look within and listen to the voice of God and at the same time to use our reason and our logic to square that voice with what is possible, what is true, and what is doable. And by this sort of balance between knowing God and being able to perceive existence and reality, we can find our purpose in life, we can advance our own life, and we can become sovereign citizens under God. Good. That is very good. And when you when you when you talked about Charles um, it's Genesis 1, 26, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and everything on the earth. When people question that, uh, that part, because you have some people that say, well, how can we have dominion over everything that's on the earth? Because we're made in God's image, does that make us a little gods? Have you ever heard people say that, Charles? Um, yeah, I mean, which is a misinterpretation. I mean, we God charged us, gave us the responsibility of stewarding over the earth, and that means doing so benevolently. And um, you know, there there are rules about that that are associated with that. I mean, it, it, the the Noahide covenant, which came after the flood. In which God said that one of those one of the rules in that covenant is that we're not to be cruel to animals, and it, it's very specific. You're not to rip off the limb of an animal. We're not to torture. That, that that's the, it's a rule that basically gets into the question of compassion, and, and as such, we are, it is assumed that we are compassionate toward each other, and that is particularly with each other because we, if we are all images of God, then every single human life is an image of God and deserves to be respected. Um, and and that that's something that when you destroy a life, the Talmud tells us, it's like destroying an entire universe. So you know it, it gets down to respect for life because God created life, and in that capacity, we are to steward over the earth. Uh, the other thing that that uh, God did tell us at that time with Adam was that you are to name the animals and the plants by name. And that was the ability to use language, to be able to speak. And that's something that also makes us different from other animals and, and, and makes us in the image of God. And, of course, spinning off the ability to speak and use language is the ability to write, the ability to imagine, the ability to record history, the ability to accumulate knowledge and then build on that knowledge and create civilizations and, and, and in, in the broad sense, and more specifically, to create our own life within the context of what's possible to us. That's good. That's very good. And I also uh, have a, well, it's not actually a question, but it's in, in Genesis, 
uh, because when we say God is God, I think about Genesis and creation as you've been talking about. Uh, the In Genesis 1, well, 2 and 18, it says God said it's not good for the man to be alone, right? right. So he made him a help, which was the woman. Right. Now, it says out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them into Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever, like you just said, Adam called every living creature that was named thereon. So Adam also gave the woman the, a name, right? Yes. And it says that the, the woman was pulled out of the rib. And this is where a lot of people, a lot of religions cross. Because it says the woman was pulled out of the rib of the man. A lot of sometimes a lot of people have a problem with that. Because it's that how could God pull the rib out of the man and make a woman from her? But I believe what the Bible says. Now, uh, we know in, in the Bible it says he put Adam to sleep and pulled the rib out and made the woman. That's what it says. That's what I believe. Now, you have some people that don't even quote that part of the Bible. Mm -hmm because they don't believe that part. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I, I don't exactly know how it happened. I, I, I accept that metaphor as true. And I also would point out that when the in the early part of the book of Genesis, when God said he created man in his image, it says both men and women in his image, which tells me that men and women were created equal. You know, it doesn't differentiate. We're different, but we're equal. And I think that that's something that, that we need to emphasize, that every human being, men and women, male and female, are equal under God. We have different functions. And the fact that God pulled Eve out of the rib of Adam, what that says is that Adam and Eve are, and men and women, are ultimately of the same flesh. And that when we come together in, in a state of marriage, which, of course, in, in biblical parlance means having intercourse, then you, um, you are reenacting creation. In other words, you are re whether or not it results in, in issue and, and the pregnancy and, and a child, it is a reenactment of when God created the world from basically separating it from himself. And it's an act of creation. It's a normal thing. And it also is reflected in the animal kingdom as well, particularly in mammals, where you have the male and the female come together and then, and then create the next, uh, create life. So, um, you know, in the broad sense, that makes sense to me that, that in the beginning, men and women were of the same body because when you come together, you cleave together and you become, you know, theoretically of the same body when you, when you engage in the sexual act. Exactly, exactly. And like you said, that happens with animals that they their offspring and uh, that's how they procreate and make other animals. And, and it, it, it goes, you know, way bigger than just the man and the woman, because the the way they procreate and the way they make other animals and this goes animal kingdom and all types of different um birds and everything else you know so god made this this happen but he also made it with everything Correct. you know so so the and and then we go on and you know and i i don't i don't doubt anything in the bible everything in the bible i read i said that's true because it's in there 
uh, and, and, you know, we talk about the serpent. And some people say the serpent that talked to Eve, start that Eve is the cause of sin in the world. I've heard people say that. They say because Eve took the apple and gave it to her husband, Adam, that she is the cause of sin to be in the world. What are your thoughts on that? I think that uh, that the serpent was the cause of evil in the world. <laughs> you know, Satan is the cause, which is essentially uh, evil exists in the absence of good. And then Satan tempted Eve and then Adam. And, and don't forget, they both partook of the fruit and they entered into a conspiracy against God when they did so. And that's what it means is that we are all, both men and women, tempted by sin. We are tempted by unnatural elements, uh, you know, that, that are based on very complex questions. That's just part of existence. I mean, we're surrounded by temptation. That's why God gave us the ability to reason. And that ability means our, our understanding of at least a, a reasonable understanding of what is right and wrong. And that spinning from the the narrative of, of the Garden of Eden, you end up with very specific, intricate rules and laws of how to conduct ourselves, how nations are to conduct themselves, how societies are to conduct themselves. And a lot of this ended up coming from the revelations at Mount Sinai for the children of Israel. And, uh, you know, in a sense, the entire experience, right from the very beginning of creation, when God separated the skies from the earth, involves this concept of separation, that we are all, we, we identify differences between nations, between people, between how to behave and not behave, what is sacred, what's profane, and that, that, that this is a process of identifying reality. And when we do so, then it we reach our best potential. We become more free in our ability to do that because it's true. Right. That is exactly right. And the, the thing that people, that Christians, you know, don't maybe understand is what, when, and, and I'm going to jump from Genesis to Revelation just right quick for a minute. When God says, you in Revelation, he says, my church when you do, I hold you accountable, the church. You know, he talks and speaks on uh, the church and revelations a lot. Um, and he holds the church accountable. He talks about the seven churches which are in Asia. Uh, and he talks about all of the things that the churches are not doing. Uh, and that he holds the churches responsible for some of the things that, that are going on in the world actually. And I think people don't want to dwell into revelations because it's like God is saying to them, a lot of churches don't teach on revelation. Now they'll teach on Genesis, but when it comes to revelation, they don't want to get into it because it's like God is saying to the church, I'm not happy with you and what you're doing. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I, I don't actually know a lot about the book of Revelation. I mean, that is that is part of the Christian canon, and it's not something that I delve into. But my understanding is that it, it, there is certainly a Jewish text that deal with end times, including the prophets Ezekiel and Joel. And, uh, you know, th th this is something that gets into, uh, you know, the final judgment. It's uh, it, it, it's somewhat of a mystery. It's... Uh, 
I think that we have to approach it carefully because, uh, you know, we, we don't completely, it's not totally revealed. We don't totally understand some of the other things that are going on there. But in the broad sense, I do believe that there will be an end time. I do believe there will be an ultimate judgment. I do believe that there will be a messianic event. And I do believe that it will result in a messianic age. Um, I just don't, you know, I don't claim to know how that'll happen. But it makes sense to me that it will happen. Um, I, I cannot point to that scientifically. Maybe that's more of a matter of faith. But when you think about it, it makes sense. It, it does ring true in the same way that when I read the Bible, it rings true to me as the word of God. I can't really quite say why, but when you look at the text and you contemplate the text, it, it has that kind of an effect. And I believe that that is because it's true. Exactly. And and getting out of Revelation and going back to Genesis, okay? You know the story of Rebecca and her two sons, Jacob and Esau. Yes. And Rebecca was the mother of both sons. And you know what she did? They said she stole the, um, the blessing. Right. Well, right. helped steal the blessing. You know, uh, Rebecca, being the mother of the two sons, she had one that she loved more than the other. I, I can't understand how a mother could do that, but apparently she did. So, what are your thoughts on 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 a mother, as Rebecca in the Bible, giving one son more than the other, or wanting one son to have more than the other? What are your thoughts on that? You know, I don't know, but I'm not really sure that it was that Rebecca loved one son more than the other. I think it might, you know, the word love doesn't necessarily have the same meaning today that, that it might have had then. I think it had more to do with the fact that Rebecca believed that one of the sons was the better heir to the, um, to, to the mission than the other and, and worked to make sure that that was the son who received the blessing so that that son could inherit the birthright and carry on the mission. But, you know, th th whether or not she loved one, I don't know about that. I think that she just loved them differently and probably loved them equally, but it was more, uh, you know, an, an understanding of, of which one's talents lay with which area. Okay, that's good. Because I, when, I, when I read that story, and, and I, I know what you just said, that you don't think she loved one more than the other. It's it, The way it's written in Genesis 27, it seems like she, like you said, she, she might have been thinking she might have love one more than the other. Because how can you love one child more than the other? But some, some mothers do. I mean, it's not unheard of. But... Uh, it just seems like she was the reason that that happened. And I, some people look at that story and they go, well, well um, this really changes my mind on, on, on what, um, what love means and, and how deep the love is for another person. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I know what you just said that she didn't, you don't think she loved one more than another. But do you think that changes the mind of people that read the story about uh, love and how love is cast on one person and, and, and maybe not so much on the other? Well, I mean, again, I mean, God is love. And I think that <clears throat> I think that it was just a different kind of a love. I'm not sure that 
that we can portray it as one more than the other. I just think it has more to do with an understanding that, you know, a, a practical understanding that Jacob was the more proper inheritor of the birthright because Jacob was closer to the mission of God and and that Esau would have his own mission and, and, and did. I mean, Esau became the king of, of Edom. Um, and, um, right. you know, so I, I, I don't know if I, you know, except that, that that it has to do with literally one loving another. But having said that, um, oftentimes people who criticize the Bible point out that there's a lot of sin in the Bible, right? You know, there's a lot of activity right. in the Bible that's pretty unsavory, especially even shocking. But But the point is that man is given free will. Man is free to be who he is and she is, and that includes free to sin. And then there are consequences to sin. And if you look at the Bible, you get this narrative where people do sin and they do fall short of, uh, of, of being right and natural, as do we all. And that you can see that there are consequences to it, including to nations. I mean, if you look at the story of the children of Israel, they every time they would get closer to God and they would become more aware of their mission, which is to know God, and as such to be a priestly people that would be a light unto all the other nations of the world, they would be blessed and they would prosper and they would, uh, you know, they would advance in, in, in every way. And then when they turned their back on God, they would suffer and they would fall and they would be destroyed and they would be, uh, you know, they, they would deal with hardship. And, and I think that that's a, a reflection of life, really. You know, we, we do have that, even if it's more spiritually. I mean, somebody could be a, an evil person and uh, and engage in lies and, and get ahead in the world. But I believe that in the broader sense, they, they will pay a price. It may not happen in this lifetime. But, um, you know, we, we, we don't have to be dependent. You know, you, you know, if you believe in God, then then you have a bigger inner life. And, uh, you know, you, you have a bigger picture, as they say, um, you know. So, uh, you know, the Bible teaches that when it shows the way life is. And, and life is filled with all sorts of fallings and blemishes and, and everything else. Because, again, we're not God. We're human beings. And as such, we do fall short. Exactly. That's good. And, and getting on with that and, and talking about because we can go through so many stories the story of joseph in the bible his brothers and them selling him into slavery and and then he becomes the king and he becomes the person that they have to go to to ask something all of these things that that the bible that is written in the bible all of the stories they relate to life you know you can related to today's life it goes on and and families and brothers against their own uh brethren and sisters against their own sisters and and it's no different than what was going on in the biblical days if if you if you think about it and so we can relate they say the bible is a book of life and it tell the stories in it tells us about what's going on in life you can relate it to anything that you that's going on today, even adultery, David and what he did with Bathsheba. I mean, everything you can relate the Bible to today's life. 
What do you think? What are your thoughts on that? I think that it has everything in it. I think you're absolutely right. It, it uh, you know, it reflects uh, man dealing with his own personal temptations, his own demons, and overcoming that, and uh, and the results, both positive and negative, to uh, to the degree that that he or she does overcome it, and that that there is a bigger hand in history. I mean, like you mentioned, the story of Joseph. You know, Joseph, the you know, the brothers terribly sinned against Joseph out of just sheer jealousy when they threw him down into the well and ripped his coat and dipped it in blood and then they brought it to the father and and, and the father you know and hurt him and you know and and they they carried that guilt with them but then Joseph as you said rose to become you know the prime minister of Egypt and he, he kept all the grain and you know then when the famine came they went down and they saw Joseph and Joseph forgave them. And he said, look, this is all out of the will of God. Out of this evil that you did came good because of a course of events that God ordained. Now, you know, again, we have free will, but ultimately the Lord God decides these things. The Lord God has a hand in the world. And if we listen to that, um, that voice, then we will be gravitated toward good. And, uh, you know, toward a higher purpose, um, even in times when we're, you know, in distress and, and we're, we're tempted by evil. That's good, Charles. That's good. Because when I look at the Bible and, and the, you know, everything in it, um, when, of course, you know, when you're a child and you go to church with your parents and you learn the biblicals and one, you know, ABCs of the Bible, you know, and and you don't really know what's going on, but because your parents are taking you to Sunday school, as my parents took me to Sunday schools, they would they take me, and you learn about the Bible, and you learn about what what's in it, and you grow up knowing what's in it, and you grow up knowing right from wrong. But like you say, a lot of people just because they know right from wrong doesn't mean that they're going to do right. You know, and so I guess that's why God gave us grace mm. and mercy, right? No, <laughs> because he, because He knew His children are not going to always do what's right. So, leading into that, and 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 when you wrote this book mm. that you wrote, what what were your thoughts? What what did you want to say to the people in the book that are reading that read your book? What, what do you want them to take from the book? I want to take from the book that there is a God who created the universe and that this same God gave us the law. And the law is existence, reality, morality, ethics, what is right and what is wrong. And that as images of God, we are capable of knowing that law and making, forming our lives based upon that knowledge. We are also capable of knowing the lack of or the absence of law and order. And uh, we ought to identify that and call it out because if we don't, then that becomes more dominant in our society and in our lives. So, you know, we, we, we have to know truths. And that can be painful sometimes because, you know, sometimes we don't want to know the truth. We want to basically live in some sort of a delusion and that we are surrounded by delusions and by, by lies, and that every society and every person has a responsibility 
besides knowing their own personal mission by looking within and, and reflecting on that and thinking about that, both spiritually and logically, they also are charged with identifying falsehood and identifying evil and identifying that which is untrue to the best of our ability. And we can't always do it because we don't always have access to all the information we need, but we can do a lot. We can go a long way toward knowing good and knowing truths and also identifying falsehood. So I would say that's my message. My book also gets into a history of West. It is, it is based on Western civilization. I don't deny that. I'm an American Jew. And I look at this from the perspective of an American Jew who honors both my Jewish faith and my American uh, society and my American nation. Those are the two um, cultural forces that, that uh, formed me. And I hope to promote those things, not because I'm chauvinistic and I think we're better than anyone else, but because I am. If I was grew up in, in India, I would be promoting India. But, you know, I'm an American, so I promote America and I do so very unabashedly. And I talk about why I think America is a godly nation and why we are an exceptional nation. I also get into controversies about Jesus, even though I'm not Christian. And I talk about who Jesus was and why Jesus was important and probably the most important man to ever live, putting aside the question of, of divinity um, and, and the connection between his ministry and, and God and, 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 by the way, the Jewish ministry. Wow, that's awesome. That is, that's very good. Uh, how can we, uh, our, my audience, get your book, uh, your website, or your uh, listen to your, your radio station or podcast? Can you give us the, uh, the information for us to be able to do Thank that? Thank you very much. Thank you for asking. I mean, my, my name is Charles Moskowitz, like, the Mos like Moscow, M-O-S-C-O-W, Moskowitz. In fact, I was told recently that the name means son of Moses. <laughs> um, wow, that's great. awesome. And that the book is called God is God. God is the creator and lawgiver. It is available at Amazon.com, both as a soft cover and as an ebook. Um, my program is on YouTube. My website is charlesmoskowitz.com. I do a, a, a daily... Um, commentary program where I interview people. I just had on a great Christian minister, by the way, last week, who talked about why Christians ought to vote for Donald Trump. Very interesting interview. And I interview newsmakers and, and uh, media people and cultural figures. And uh, you know, I get a chance to, um, to talk to people and chat. And I do this every day at noon on YouTube Live. Awesome. Now, also, can you tell us, uh, I know you told us where to get the book uh, and your YouTube channel. Do you have a website also no, I have a or website. not yet? It's my name, charlesmoskowitz.com. Okay. Awesome. I, I do appreciate and I, I'm glad that you came on Christian Talk Radio to talk to us tonight about your book and about the things that you are doing. And it is, it's just an awesome uh, thing that you are, uh, you are a Jew and you, but you talk to us Christians about our faith and what we believe too. Also, like I said, you're a Jew in America. And I, as being a black woman in America, I, I do understand that, you know, a lot of times we, 
we don't always get our voices heard as as we should sometimes. And because we do have a radio station and you have your own uh, radio station and your YouTube channel, I can tell people, well, go here. This is, he's real. This is the real person. This is the truth, what he's talking about. He can tell you from his perspective. If you want to talk to him, you can go to his, uh, if you want to hear him, you can go to his channel and listen to him. And I I like that. I like the way that you have it set up so you can, because some people don't know and, and they don't know from your perspective. They don't know from my perspective, but they want to hear it. And so that's why it's so, the God is God is a book that needs to be read. And uh, I'm going to promote that to people that I know to definitely read the book. Uh, I, I'm sure you've written other books, too. Yes, I have. Haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, if you would go to Charles' website, uh, not his, web, well, his website or his YouTube channel, uh, you'll see some great uh, interviews there, as I have went to his YouTube channel uh, and saw the great interviews, not just mine, but others. No, also. no, listen, I really enjoyed you on my show. And Felicia, I really admire your work. I've been following you on LinkedIn, and I get your daily, you know, you're on on quite often, and you're doing a really great job. You know, it's amazing what we can all do anyway with, with social networking these days. Yes, it it is very it's very good. I I am uh, speaking on social media. Uh, you know, Facebook. Uh, you know, of course, I'm on Facebook. Yep, I'm sure course. you are too, right? Yeah, and you know, sometimes Facebook can be a little challenging because they want to stop you from speaking sure. on certain things. Um, and I got, uh, well, they put me what they call uh, Facebook jail. That's, that's, that's the world we live in right now. I mean, I've been shadow banned. I mean, that's just, you know, we have to forge forward. That's why I, I try to diversify my media. So I'm on a bunch of different sites and uh, I, I kind of coordinate them. So if I get banned on one, I'm on the other. <laughs> that's Right, exactly. <laughs> but that's all about, we have freedoms and we have freedom of speech. Um, also, Facebook has been called out about doing some of the things that they do to stop t- to, um, well, they, they, they're almost, you know, fringing on the freedoms of us, of, you know, because certain things I know that they don't allow on Facebook, but then there's certain things that are just freedom of speech that they won't allow. So, so, you know, I uh, I use their social platform, but like you said, you have to diversify and use other platforms Absolutely. also. Absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Charles, I do appreciate talking to you tonight. I'm so glad you came on Christian Talk Radio. Are there any last words you want to say to us before we end our well, conversation I just hope tonight? We stay in touch and we collaborate together and we can do some more programming and, you know, reach people and, and uh, just uh, have the opportunity to express ourselves and to teach. And I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much, Charles. Well, uh, of course we will be collaborating on some more things. I do have some things in the works that uh, I'm gonna talk to you about at another time, of course not now. But uh, again, thank you for being on Christian Talk Radio. And uh, if you want to follow Charles, please do so uh, on his uh, website, on his Facebook, 
on other social media platforms on YouTube. Uh, and I will say good night, Charles, and we good will night. talk later. Thank you so much for being here. Good night. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye.